Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, enterprisers, we have another wonderful episode on the Enterprise Now show. I have with me Brandon West. Brandon, how are you, my friend? Dude, so good. So good to be with you, man. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time out. I know you're super busy. The fact that you're here with us, we appreciate that. But before we get into the goods, I know we're going to have a great conversation. Before we we hit record, we talked about some, some juicy stuff. But before we get into all of that, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> That's where it needs to stay. <laughs> give us give us a cliff notes version of who you are and what you got going on today. Yeah, man. Happy to do so. Yeah, again, my name is Brandon West. I am the chief purpose officer and founder of a marketing agency called Phos Creative. Phos Creative, P-H-O-S. Phos is the Greek word for light. For us, it's part of our mission. How do we help a client to stand out and be a light in a really saturated space online? Our positioning statement, if you will, as an agency is that we're helping to restore dignity, purpose, and freedom to the lives of women and children impacted by extreme poverty and sex trafficking. And the most common response I get to that is, what the heck does that have anything to do with digital marketing? And that's the point. That's the point. What we're doing is we're helping small and mid-sized businesses across the U.S. grow the right way online in an effort to reach some really vulnerable people and bring some really cool new things to their future. We've got 26 people on the team. We are headquartered out of Gainesville, Florida with the Gators and I don't even like football, honestly. I don't even like sports in general. But for those of you who do like sports and like the Gators, that's right where we're hanging out. Very cool. So I will refrain from making sports analogies because they probably won't land then. Exactly. Not for me, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so you've already kind of alluded to this, the answer to my next question. But I want to ask it plainly because it's always interesting to hear. What's a perspective that you hold that might be considered different than what most people might think? When I was starting my business, I'm trying to figure out what the heck is entrepreneurship? What the heck am I it's like? How do you do this thing? What is this about? How do you start something? The government's like, hey, pay me a lot of taxes, but I also won't show you how to run a business well. You know, so nobody's like raising their hand and just like doing a great job of training. How do I, what's 
QuickBooks? You know, what taxes am I, even, am I supposed to register my company with who? You know, all those kind of things. I was told when I was started that there was two different types of companies that I could run. I could either run an equity business where I tried to just boost as much revenue, grow this thing as big as possible so that one day I could sell it out, have some great exit and make a lot of money, an equity business. The second option I was told is that I could build a lifestyle business, that I could build this business in such a way that it would allow me to go and live the life that I wanted to live. It was some vehicle to live the life that I wanted to live. And what I've found, we'll celebrate 10 years in June of 2023 of this year, we'll celebrate 10 years. I have found that neither one of those are all that exciting for me. Neither one of those ideas, building an equity business to sell it out or a lifestyle business just so I can go play a bunch of golf. I hate golf, okay? Top golf is like the best. I don't like fishing. Like I love what I do. I love what I do. And so neither one of those two perspectives on business have been enough to sustain me. We have built something exceptional and different at FOS. It's a different type of business. It's not equity. It's not lifestyle. We call it business as a ministry. Bam. Business as a ministry. What if business wasn't just about equity and you living a lifestyle that you wanted to live? What if your business and your life and your leadership was actually about other people? What if you existed as a business? What if you were called as a leader to actually lead in such a way that was about other people? So for us, we've been wildly focused on, hey, if we're building a business as a ministry, who is our ministry? Who is it? Who is Like you ask any nonprofit in the world, who's your who? They're going to tell you in a moment's notice, homeless people, pregnant women, mental illness. They know exactly who their who is. We're trying to answer the question, who's God uniquely called us to minister to? How is our business uniquely positioned to bring good and healing to the world? That's a pretty unique perspective for a business. Yeah. And how do you execute that? Because the knee jerk reaction, right, is, okay, that all sounds great, but how do you actually make money and thrive having that as your main thing? Yeah, those are two very different questions. How do you execute business as a ministry? And how do you build a sustainable revenue to do so? We say this at FOS, no margin, no mission. It's really easy when you get hyper-focused on anything in business, anything, to begin to exalt one thing over another. And what's interesting about business as a ministry, also people talk about business as a mission, is that if that mission becomes overwhelming in your focus, you could build a horrible business that has no margin, no ability to execute mission. So building a sustainable company is really critical for us. We think about our the success of our business in five key areas. Revenue generation, go make money. Financial management, how about you manage that those monies well? Operations management, produce a great product organizational development, have a great team, and then ministry. Go and do something good for the world and for the people around you at a local level and for us also at a national level. When we think about ministry, there's five key components of that. We want to minister, really bring love, care, and compassion to our team, their families, our clients, our vendors, suppliers, and then our local and global community. And for those five people, we wanna care for their physical needs, we wanna care for their emotional needs, and we wanna care for their spiritual needs. You think about that as like a cell, in ex- or like a sheet in Excel, five columns, three columns, five rows, that's 15 cells. Those 15 cells for us constitute what we call our care matrix. 
a strategic plan for ministry. You've got a strategic plan for your business. Here's where I want to go. Here's who we need. Here's the revenue. Here's the margin. If you're a business as a ministry, I would just ask, what's your strategic plan for ministry? What is your strategic plan? And so for those 15 cells, we have a culture now at FOS of implementing that strategic plan for ministry at every fiber of our DNA inside of FOS. We've built a care team. This is a really cool voluntary team that people on our team can join, whose mission is not to go and execute all the ministry inside of that, but to inspire our entire team to execute that strategic plan for ministry throughout the organization in every person on our team and every person that we get to touch through our team. Very cool. So what I'm hearing is at some point in time, there was some self-work that went that that happened. There's some reflection and some self-mastery that happened along this journey. Talk a little bit about that because everything that you just said doesn't just happen. It comes from somewhere. So talk a little bit about the genesis of that as it pertains to Brandon West and that journey of becoming to building this out to the vision and executing it in your business. Dude, journey is such a good word. (laughs) Journey is such a good word because that's what it is. Purpose, I have found, is this very brave, small step that we move with understanding that it's a long-term commitment, a long road to walk down, to really try and figure out what it's all about. And even in the middle of that, I'm finding most recently in my own life that even in the middle of that very long journey, purpose in the middle of it can also become its own form of an idol, something that we focus on so much that we tie our identity to our purpose. And what's so interesting is it's close, but it's not the thing. Purpose is really just a vehicle to accomplish love, What's my purpose? It's to love. So for me, it's been a a long, long journey. When I started the company, I was just texting my dad this morning asking for a picture that he sent me several years ago when I started to tell the story on a different podcast about our journey in purpose in the inception and the genesis of the company. Our first mission statement ever was to make the internet a better place by helping companies to look good and get found online. And about six months into that mission statement, I just thought to myself, If that was written on my tombstone, if your mission statement was written on your tombstone, could you write over that picture of that tombstone? Could you write over it a life worth living or would it be a life that was wasted? And for me, to make the internet a better place, life wasted. And so my dad sent me this Photoshop picture that he found of a graveyard and onto the gravestone he wrote in, made the internet a better place and it just wrote rip and then this big red cross through it. And I said, dad, I want you to resend that to me because that was so our first attempt at like, what's mission? What's our purpose? We've changed our mission statement now three times. So we've had four different mission statements since the inception of this company because we've gone deeper and deeper and deeper into what is our why? What is a reason that's worth getting out of bed for in the morning? When the markets are crashing, when my life is in shambles, I don't even know what to, my to-do list is so long, I could write an encyclopedia of the thing. What makes getting out of bed worth it in the morning for leaders. Because leadership's hard. Leadership is exhausting. Leading a business is hard. People, I want to be a leader. I w- you don't even know what you're asking, son. You know, And so we're just learning more and more of that. I think for me, some of my self-mastery has just been embracing what purpose looks like in my role. Three years ago, we've, we had grown to such a size that I had delegated so much of my roles and responsibilities away. I was walking in going, what do I do here again? I had delegated so much away. People are like, oh, well done. A leader worth following. Delegation is such a great leadership quality. Yeah, until you're like 
looking at it and you're just like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do when I wake up tomorrow morning. And I went to my leadership team. I shared this with them, my, my executive team. I said, here's what I'm struggling with. And they, get, they were like, we know exactly what you're supposed to do here, Brandon. I was like, well, please tell me. You're supposed to guard our purpose. And this is where my journey has been for the last few years of realizing the leader's primary job inside of an organization isn't just come up with the next revenue strategy, come up with the next thing. You know, people get burnt out by that junk. Like people need a reason worth working for. An executive leader's primary job is to figure out what their purpose is and then keep every single freaking person focused on that as much as you possibly can. Because I find, you ever seen the cat gif before with the little cat sitting at the computer and the cat, somebody's like got the cat's arms, he's banging on the keyboard. That's most people's jobs every single day around the whole world. Walk in, bang on the keyboard, clock out, go home, sleep, come back in, bang on the keyboard, clock out every single day. And we say we say at folks that purpose or vision, your reason, your why, unfortunately it leaks. That's like a cup with a little hole in the bottom and you can't fill the hole. You've tried, you can't fill the hole, it leaks out. And so your only option is to pour more water in over and over and over again. I bought these things recently, I'm the dumbest person ever. This was $35, okay, so it smells so good. It's a reed diffuse, it smells so good. It was $35 and I'm like, man, was it worth it? What's interesting is when you put one of these things together, right, you pour in the oil, and you take the reeds and you stick them in. And then every couple of days, you got to take them out, flip over the reeds and put them back in so that the smell keeps going through the office. An executive leader's job is to flip the reeds over, over and over and over again. You got to walk in and remind people, here's what we're doing. Here's why. Flip the reeds over, over and over and over again inside of an order to keep that why central because it's leaking out of your bucket. So many questions. So I want to talk a little bit about the guarding purpose. And we talked a little bit before we hit record on being very intentional about the things that you do, opportunities that you seem to, quote unquote, miss by guarding that purpose. But I want to do that after we sort of you alluded to being a leader is hard. It's sometimes a very thankless position and you're oftentimes pouring out, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving. Until, to use your example, since I can't use my sports analogy, that who's flipping your read, right? Who's pouring into you as a leader? So step number one, how do you, as a leader, how do you begin to develop that skill set of under, number one, understanding that you're guarding the purpose, not only your purpose, but for the organization and the people who you lead, but you have to make sure that you're being led too. But that's tricky. Talk about that. Mm. No, it's so good. I'm going through this book right now with a group in my church called Biblical Eldership by Alexander Strzok. Yeah, it's on being an elder in a church, but it's it's honestly about leadership. I read this quote the other day. This just hit so hard. Our natural tendency, this is us to the people who lead us and our people to the people who lead them. Our natural tendency is to take our leaders for granted, forget what they've done for us, complain rather than be thankful, accentuate the bad and disregard the good. For example, God gave Israel some of the greatest leaders in human history, people like Moses and David. And yet during difficult times, those people were ready in a moment's notice to stone them to death. He said, no group of leaders is perfect. All leaders have weaknesses and each person on a team has a unique perspective on how that leader should operate. Sounds familiar. As a result, there's always some degree of tension between leaders and followers. Even the best leaders are inevitably accused of pride, 
wrong judgment, doing too much or too little, moving too slowly or too quickly, changing too much or not enough, or being too harsh or too passive. And he says, as commentator E.J. Bricklin observes, the exercise of authority is always apt to provoke resentment. That's why leadership is hard. In the middle of all that, you're trying to figure out purpose. You're trying to figure out how am I supposed to do? What am I called to? What an interesting blend of roles and responsibilities. For me, as I've tried to answer that question about purpose, one of the best tools I've seen for doing so, Andy Stanley, he's a great leadership guy in my life. He says that purpose is found at the intersection of three things, three things. What breaks your heart? Start there. You want to understand your purpose? Then be willing to go on all. It took me years to answer that question. What breaks your heart? We put together an eight-page document for our team of every single cause we could think of. Anything from homelessness to mental illness to puppies and turtles, everything we could think of for a cause. And we just said, we, I want you to go through this list and I want you to check the ones that break your heart the most. Anything that if you thought about it long enough right now, you might even start to weep sitting here at this desk. And we took all those results and it helped us form years ago now, what are the core things that we're focused on that break our heart here? So purpose, right? What breaks your heart? Where is there an opportunity for you to invest into brokenness? What breaks your heart? Where's their opportunity? What breaks your heart? Where's their opportunity? And what do you have the skills for? Skills break broken heart and opportunity. Right in the middle of those is purpose. And the more that we've sought the combo of those three has helped us to narrow down our who for this business as a ministry. Very cool. Let's talk a little bit about seemingly missed opportunity, right? I share with you before we hit record that there are times where, where I look at things that are happening, people holding events, for example, evenings. And I share with you that I have to, as a father, my one of my purposes is to simply be present. Like that's 80% of the game. <laughs> it's just being there, right? And I don't think people, especially as you talk about leadership, don't appreciate that if I'm here with you, it means that I'm not there with them. And that costs me a lot. So I've consciously made the decision that there are some things that I simply cannot go to because I don't want to miss those moments, that, that time with my family, because they grow so fast. In the blink of an eye, now they're past that phase, right, where you're tucking in. And so talk a little bit about maybe how to frame that in terms of, of a mindset to understand that as you're walking in purpose, there are going to be moments where you where it seems like you're missing opportunities, but that's not really the case. Dude, that's so good. That's such a good question, Elsie. I'm so passionate about this because I've failed so many times. We all have to live in the consequences of the decisions that we've made, and we commit to be something new and something better. I think it was Marie Engelou I heard recently. She said, I saw a quote by her. She said, do good, and when you learn more, do better. That's your only hope, just FYI. <laughs> I think for me, what I've realized, and my wife and I did this super cool podcast together recently. We launched as a means of sharing FOS's top 10 life and leadership lessons learned in 10 years. We launched the FOS Life and Leadership Podcast. Super excited. This latest episode with my wife and I has been so, so good just for me, just to listen back through it. My wife is so wise, so brilliant. The episode was titled, How to Build a Business that won't destroy your family. And I'm talking, she goes into this whole issue of like, hey, hey, like we have these like concentric circles in life. And the problem is right in the center is all the things that matter the most. 
right in the center of these circles is everything that matters the most. But then we have like, well, we have these opportunities and these opportunities and these, you know, and all these other things. And the problem is those outer rings, they always are trying to pull themselves into the center circle and they don't get to live there. They don't get to live there. Anything that you say yes to is a no to something else. And everything you say no to is a yes to something else. I think here's the biggest problem. And for me, this is the biggest problem because this is one of the biggest lies. And maybe you've said this, LZ, so if you had, like, please forgive me. Most people think that the most wasted life is the one who had potential and didn't live up to it. What I've found about faithful leaders is that they are joyfully willing to lay aside their potential when it threatens their purpose. They actually joyfully lay it aside. Wait, Elsie, before the phone call, you said this. You said, I could be a lot more successful in life if I just gave up some of the things that are important to me. What leader couldn't raise their hand and say that? If I just slept less, I could land more contracts, I could write more proposals, I could do more marketing, I could send more emails, I could connect with more people on LinkedIn, I could, how much more success? I don't even know, it's unquantifiable, but it's a lot more than I have right now. I'm okay with that not, I have more potential inside of me. I have more potential and I choose not to pursue that because of the things that potential for business or for leadership or for influence or for growth or for revenue or for impact or for ministry would threaten the things that are most acutely I'm called to in life. I would willingly lay aside potential for the sake of purpose and people who God's called me to minister to. The life most wasted is not the one who wastes the most amount of potential, but spends their potential on the things that they were never meant to spend it on. That is what we call a mic drop moment. There's (laughs) nothing else that needs to be said or added to that. That is beautifully and eloquently stated. Thank you for that. Wow. So, I know this is going to be a difficult question for you, Brandon. The top business lesson you've learned in these 10 years? You know, even as we put together those top 10 life and leadership lessons for folks, you got to choose like, which one's going to go first? You got 10 episodes. Which one are you going to do first? The one that we chose to do first was the one with my wife and I, how to build a business that won't destroy your family. What's the top life and leadership lesson I've learned in 10 years? It's that your leadership at home should be just as a passion project for you as at work. I shared on the podcast this moment years ago towards the inception of the company where my wife came to me and she's like, you're doing such a good job leading the business, such a good job leading your culture. You do all these really creative things, fun things, fun activities, take them out to lunch. What would it look like if you were just as passionate about being creative and leading our family? What man couldn't stab themselves in the heart over that one? What would it look like? Top leadership lesson learned in 10 years at FOS. Your leadership at home is the one for which you will be the most held accountable. And I don't want to fail there. I would rather close the doors of FOS myself than see my wife out the front door with her bags. That's my biggest leadership lesson in 10 years. Wow. Yeah, I definitely agree. What are some of the things that excite you? As you look 10 years, I think you said in June, what's coming up? What's next for Foles and for for Brandon? Yeah, the more that we've settled into understanding our who inside of this business as a ministry, women and children impacted by extreme poverty and sex trafficking. It's like when you buy, you know, you, you buy a Tesla and you start seeing all the Teslas on the road. You see you buy a Jeep and you see all the Jeeps on the road. As soon as you actually clarify your purpose, all of a sudden you start seeing it. You start, oh, 
oh, oh, oh, oh, you know, and all of a sudden your yeses become a lot more clear. All of a sudden your nos become a lot more clear because you start seeing it all over the place. For us, as we've settled in here, we've created this big, hairy, audacious goal, as Jim Collins would call it. In the next nine years, we want to launch 30 care centers across the world that are serving these women and children in extreme poverty. When we set this goal a few years ago, my team was, our goal at the time was 10. And in the first year, we launched one. And it was the, it's the first safe house in North Florida ever for women who have been trafficked in our area. And I just remember sitting back and going, that happened a lot sooner than I thought it would. I wonder if we're aiming too low. In May, a few months from now, we launch three care centers at the exact same time in Rosita, Nicaragua, a mining city in extreme poverty. These three care centers will care for 500 children every single year. Four centers now in the past year or two. And we're looking forward and going, hey, what might God want to do that we haven't even seen yet? Partnering with Compassion International, I fly out in two weeks to Guatemala to visit some of the care centers there. I've never done anything like this. I've never been on a mission trip before. I'm like really excited and nervous and scared at the same time. We just heard yesterday as the day ended that one of the children that we sponsor as an agency through Compassion International, I think we sponsor over 30 now, one of those children lives in Guatemala and we heard that that he's actually going to be at one of the centers that we visit. And so just these, the, all these different ways that God's like lining it up and saying like, hey, this is something that that like warms my heart that pleases me as your father. And and God's just blessing that and seeing this really cool mission fulfilled. We started a donor advised fund through the National Christian Foundation called the SAFE Global Fund. The SAFE Global Fund. SAFE stands for Strategic Alliances Fighting Exploitation. You can visit safeglobalfund.com, safeglobalfund.com. You can visit that. It takes you right to the, and people are giving now to this and supporting this cause around the world to see children and women rescued from extreme poverty and whose lives have been impacted by exploitation and trafficking. And it's just, that gets me really excited. I want my life to count for something and not just because I gave my my money. We talk about at FOS, the acronym LIFE, L-I, you gave it to me. Didn't you give me this acronym LIFE? I don't know. Maybe you did. LIFE, L-I-F-E, Labor Influence finances and expertise. If you're, to, if you're to give away your life, it's not just about you opening your wallet. Sometimes that's much easier for me. Sometimes it's easier for me to take out my wallet, write a check and just say, I've done my due diligence for the day. I'm supposed to give my labor, my influence, my finances and my expertise away. That, in as much as that's hard because it fights my selfishness, it's also so life-giving because it leans into my purpose. Very cool. Well, I would be the first to say thank you for the work that you do both in your personal life and in your business life. I know that God is working through you and there's a great purpose and a great work for you. So blessings to you, peace to your your family and all the work that you're doing. If folks want to reach out to you to get involved, to say hi, how can they do that? Yeah. Foscreative.com, P-H-O-S, P-H-O-S. Foscreative.com. Hello at Foscreative.com gets right to my inbox as well. You can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and check out the FOS Life and Leadership Podcast as well. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Brandon. Thank you, Elsie. It's been a pleasure. 
If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.